They ask a question. Where in the Torah do we have a pasuk which begins and ends with the same three words? Where is such a pasuk? That the way the pasuk ends begins the way the pasuk ends. They say however that when they ask the Sat Mirabah, who was known to be a tremendous genius, this question, he thought for a second and he smiled and he said, there's no MS in the Torah. Which obviously sounds strange. What does that mean? What's the answer to the question? And what's the meaning of this unusual reply by the Satan Rebbe? So, while you're thinking about that, I want to tell you an interesting shayla, an interesting question which came up in Eretz Yisrael. What the suggested resolution was, and but more importantly, what lesson in Chinuch we can glean from this. There was a certain stock organization here at Israel, which was making a raffle, and the grand prize of the raffle was to win an apartment in Tveria. And of course, they managed to sell a lot of their tickets. And the day or the night of the raffle arrives, they pick the winning tickets, and uh, the director of the organization looks on the computer to see who's the lucky winner of an apartment in Tiberia. And then he sees by the ticket number who the, who the winner is. But then he sees on the computer something very strange. And that is that there's like a, a red flag next to the name and the number. And that is, it says that the person who bought the ticket paid with a credit card. And for some reason the credit card never got charged. So, she wasn't sure why that happened. Was it because they didn't put the card through properly? Was it because uh, there wasn't enough money in the bank? Was it because the person who donated the money decided to decline the charge? But now you have a bigger question. And that is, does this person deserve the price? On the one hand, they had the number of the winning ticket. But on the other hand, the Mesa, they had never... They had never uh, been able to receive the money from this person. So it came out, the person had never actually had a ticket. Never paid for his ticket. So they weren't sure what to do. So they went to ask a rough. And uh, the rough advised them. He said, call the person up. Obviously, don't tell him that they won. But call the person up and say, you were going through all the donations that you received. And you saw that their donation, uh, for some reason, the credit card never got charged. And therefore, would they like to uh, you know, charge their card again, give the credit card details again to be charged or not? And the understanding would be that if the person had intended, in fact, to donate to the organization, then they deserve their card. And if they take a deserve the card, uh, then they're going to be the winner. So that's what the director of this organization did. He calls up the number of the winning ticket holder. And he says, they look, we're going through all the people who donated to us. And when we were checking out, we saw that the master, your card never got charged. So would you like to now uh, give us your credit card details again, and we can charge the card. And the man said, you know what? 
If it didn't get charged, that's fine. I'm, I've changed my mind. I'd rather not give it a donation. So, obviously, uh, he doesn't want to give a donation. So, he lost out on what he otherwise would have won an apartment in Eretz I don't know if the organization ever told him what he had lost, so to speak, by refusing to give them the donation he originally promised them. We can also debate halakhically if that's the right solution or not. But there's a point that a lesson one can learn from the story. And that is, what do you think, Rabbi said? Let's assume that for a second that man would have known that he had the winning tickets. And they would have told him, by the way, your, your ticket was a winning ticket, but the man said your card never got charged. So would you like us to charge your card for the 100 shekels, whatever it was that the ticket cost, and then you're going to win the prize? Of course you would have said yes. What's the question in the world? He's going to make a profit of millions. And the only reason that he didn't, the only reason that he didn't uh, jump for the opportunity was because he never realized the prize involved. He never realized what he would have gained had he agreed. So let's assume that man will find out the story. Let's assume that in some other setting, like this, the story would be told over, and the man would suddenly sudden in order to suddenly think, one second, that's very familiar. I remember an organization calling me up and asking me if they want to charge my card for a credit card, uh, so to speak, donation which never went through. And uh, he would then call back and say, I made a terrible mistake. I never realized for a second what I was going to lose by not giving you the donation. So please, please take my donation. I'll even give you a bigger donation. Just give me the prize that I deserve, that I want. Is that going to be an argument which is accepted? That a person is going to say that uh, had I only known what I would have won by doing something, of course I would have done it. And it's not fair that I never knew what I was, what was involved. And therefore to say, I want to be given an opportunity now that I know what the prize is. So now I want to be given an opportunity to, so to speak, to buy back my tickets. And we understand ourselves it doesn't work. It doesn't work. It's true the person didn't realize what the extent of the reward was. It's true the person didn't realize what he was missing out on, what he was losing, by not giving the donation. But the response is going to be, the reason you were meant to give the donation wasn't just because you knew you were going to win the prize. The reason you should have given the donation is because you committed yourself to doing that. Originally, you agreed to buy a ticket. Originally, you, you obligated yourself to pay for the ticket. And therefore, whether or not, the right thing to do would have been to pay for the ticket. And the answer, that's what you committed yourself to. The fact that you don't realize the results is not enough of a reason, or let's say better, it's not a reason at all why a person should be given the chance, so to speak, to change something, because that's not, that's not, that wasn't meant to be the reason why you were doing it in the first place. And therefore, if a person's only, only motivation of doing something was because he was expecting a reward, and then he's going to say, I never realized that I lost out on the reward. And had I known, I would have done it. So then maybe, maybe, that would be considered an argument. But since the starting point is, that's not the reason the person is meant to be doing something. You're meant to do something because you're meant to do it, because it's the right thing to do. Not because I'm doing it only for the reward involved. So in that case, then there's no excuse to say afterwards, had I known what the reward was, I would have done better. I would have acted differently. Now that's, Maybe an interesting story and the moral we can learn from it.
But we can take it further. It's a lesson for life. Let me explain. What's the pasuk? Let's go back to the riddle, which I'm sure you've already worked out by now. What's the pasuk which begins and ends with the same three words? And the answer is, it's the last pasuk in Baasha Shlach. The pasuk says, Ani Hashem Elekeichem, Asher so the Pasuk begins and ends with the three words, Ani Hashem Elekeichem. I am Hashem Etokeh Mitzrayim, Niyos Lechem Elekeim, to be your God, and I am Hashem Elekeichem. And that's why when the Sat Merabah thought about this and he realized what the Pasuk was, he said it doesn't say Emes in the Torah. Because when we say the Pasha Shema as part of Davini, we say, we finish Pasha Shema, Ani Hashem Elekeichem Emes. But that MS is part of the next paragraph of MS Vyatsev. And in the Torah, when it's written, it doesn't have the word MS. And therefore, since there's no MS in the Torah, the Pasha, the Pasuk begins and ends with Ani Hashem Which is a nice riddle. And I'm sure now that you've heard it, you're going to say it over. But let's stop and think a second. Why does the Pasuk repeat the same three words? What's it coming to teach us? What's added by the, the repetition of Ani Hashem it would have been enough, seemingly, had the Pasuk said, I am Hashem, it took you out of Mitzrayim, and you asked the Chamelakim. Like we find so many other Pesukim in the Torah which mention the same sentiments. And if that's the case, what's added by the repetition of Niyash Hamelakim? That's an interesting point. I looked at the Mephoshim, except for maybe, uh, uh, so to speak, a line in Rashi, which seems to address this. I didn't find anybody else who even asks the question. What's needed, what's added by the repetition of Ani Hashem So what can we learn from Rashi? What we can learn is that we're talking about the Mechaev, the factor which is why a person is obligated to keep all the mitzvahs. And therefore, like the Pasuk of Tzitzis is built around, that I am Hashem who took you out of Mitzrayim, and therefore you should keep all the mitzvahs because you're obligated. Because you're obligated. Because Hashem took care of Mitzrayim and in place of being slaves to Egypt, in place of being servants of Pharaoh, we know servants of Hashem, and that obligates us. And therefore, what's the Mechaev to keep the mitzvahs? That I'm the one who took care of Mitzrayim. So, we have to keep the mitzvahs. And what's the last point? And the repetition of Hashem a second time. Rashi says, Ne'aman the Shalim Besides for the fact that you're obligated to keep the mitzvahs, you should know there's a second point also. And that is, there's reward involved. There's a reward for keeping mitzvahs. And if you keep the mitzvahs, you're going to get reward. And what's the reward? Ani Hashem Lakechem. I Hashem know what the reward is. People don't know what the reward is. If we're talking about reward in terms of Ayla Mabba, so that the Gemara says, No other human eye has ever beheld what the reward is going to be. Hashem says, I know, I'm going to reward you, and I know what that reward is, but no human being has yet beheld it. No one knows what that reward is, how great it's going to be, how uplifting it's going to be, what a tremendous reward Hashem is going to give us. And if that's the case, that we're being told there's a reward, but we aren't being told what the reward is. So let's say there'll be a person who thinks, you know what, 
I can't imagine something so special. So it's okay. I'll, I'm willing to forego this, this future reward. I'm willing to settle for not having that reward. And now let's say that person one day will find out what, what Olam Abba is all about. And you'll begin to see how the reward that Hashem is offering is something which is so much, much more. So much greater than you could have ever imagined. You could have ever dreamed possible. And I imagine that person is going to come with the time. And he's going to say, I never knew. I never knew what the extent of the reward is. If I only have had the slightest inkling, the smallest hint of what the animal was on the bat, I would have run to the mitzvah. I would have never done, thought about doing anything else. I would have focused my whole life on that. And it's not fair. It's not fair. I never knew what reward meant. It's not fair. I never realized what reward is. If that's the case, I should, I should be given an opportunity now that I know what the reward is to give it a second chance. Is that a good argument? So let's ask the question. Does that sound familiar? It's not the same case as the person who didn't realize that he was holding the winning ticket. And therefore, can you have an argument how to say, if only I knew, if only I knew that uh, had I just paid this hundred shekels to win for the cigarette, I would have won a free apartment? Well, you didn't know. But that's not an excuse. Because, and this is the important point, if the factor which gives, which a person is being rewarded for is that he's doing things for the reward, so then maybe that's an argument. I was doing things for a reward, I didn't know what the reward was, and therefore, uh, I should be given another chance. If you're trying to motivate me to do something because of the reward, and I don't know what the reward is, and I wasn't motivated enough to do it, and therefore, you should give me a chance. Now that I do know what the reward is, give me another chance to do it again. But that's not the case. And the reason for that is, is because we're not meant to be doing things for the reward. And therefore, we don't have an excuse to say, we didn't know what the reward was. Even if we didn't know what the reward was, we were still meant to have done it. And if that's the case, not knowing the reward isn't a mitigating factor in our responsibility to do what we're meant to do. We're meant to do what we're meant to do because it's the right thing to do. Without focusing on what the reward for that is. The fact that we know the reward as well makes it easier for us. It gives us something to look forward to, something to anticipate. But it doesn't become the only reason for what we do. And therefore, since it's not the only reason for what we do, then we can't blame our action or not acting based on what we thought the reward was or what we're going to do. And that, I believe, is a chat in the past. You should know that I'm a out of Mitzrayim, and that compels you to keep the Torah. That compels you to keep the Torah because you're slaves of Hashem in place, in place of slaves of power. And we made it, the Mechaev to keep Torah is because we have to. And then, besides that, I'm also the one who's going to give the reward. That is, it's not just being forced to do something without being rewarded for it, like a slave in Mitzrayim, who was forced to act, to work, to build, to, to perform and produce for power without any hope of any kind of remuneration for what he was doing. No, I'm going to reward you too. But that's the second point. The first point is, you have to do because you're afraid to do. The second point is you should know there's also a reward to look forward to. And that makes the math. 
because if a person's whole action is going to be just based on the fact that I want to get the reward, then a person's going to think, do I know what the reward is? And is it worth it for me? And then if a person doesn't realize how great the reward is, then he's going to feel I was I made them I, mean, I was mistaken. Had I known what the reward was, I would have done. Had Hashem, had you shown me Ayurabad, then I would have been much more careful about keeping the mitzvahs. And the answer to that is that's not an argument. Because your your to do is not because you want to be rewarded. And therefore a person can say, Mecca khtas, I didn't realize the reward. Your khiyav to do is because you mukhuri. Your khiyav to do is because Hashem And because of that, a person's mukhuyaf to do whether or not he knows about the reward. It's Yusad enough. But in the context of the Shirim and Khinuf, it's Yusad and Khinuf too. If a person trains his children to do things because there's going to be a reward for it. So the next question is going to be, what's the reward? And the question is, is it worth or is it not worth it? Do we want, is it, is it, so to speak, the effort which means this is going to take from us or the amount of time we have to put into doing what we need to do. So does the reward justify it or not? And if that's the way a person's thinking, then the, the, the following thought is going to be, well, if I know what the reward is, I can make that kind of calculation. If I don't know what that reward is, so then that's not fair. I didn't know, I couldn't make an honest assessment. I couldn't decide if it was really worth it for me or not. So you have to tell me the reward up front and I'll decide. But Hashem doesn't tell us the reward up front. That's because Hashem doesn't want us to think like that. We're not doing things because we're getting rewarded for it. And then we have to know what the reward is and it's worth it for us or not worth it for us. We don't have to know what the reward is. We do things because Hashem has the Sabbath to do. And that has to be a principle in Chinuch too. There might be rewards. There might be rewards. But, that's not the reason we do it. The reason we do it is because you meant to do it. And now, the Maisa, we are slaves, and if we don't get a price, we do get a price. But that's not the factor which is going to decide to make us do it. And therefore, if we want our children to do something, we shouldn't make it, a, a, so to speak, a barter system that you're doing this for the reward. And then the question is, well, do I want the reward or not? And if the reward's not good enough, I'd rather not do it. Thanks all the same. That's the primary mistake. And if that's going to then become the attitude, the Yiddish guy, they're going to make the same mistakes there too. The starting point is, you have to do it. It's the right thing to do. You have to do it because that's the mitzvah. You have to do it because that's what the halakha requires. Now, besides that, there are rewards. If you do it, it's a reward. There's a very big difference but between making something optional that there's a reward if you do and if you don't do that's also okay if you choose not to get the reward to making something which is a reward for something you have to do. And therefore, we are, I'm not talking now about uh, the situations where the parents want their kids to do something which is not to do with the Torah. But when it comes to the way that a person is meant to present halacha, mitzvahs to their children, and even if they want to give them a prize for what they do, it shouldn't be in the context of it's optional if you want the prize, you'll do it. It should be in the context of you have to do this, and I'm going to give you a prize because I see you're trying so hard. But if that's, this way, if that's the mindset, so then it doesn't become a question of, well, is it worth it for me or not? Do I, not, do I have to know what the prize is up front? Either of them, you don't have to know what the prize is up front. Because that way you're not basing the decision to do it knowing what you're going to get or not get as a result. Because the reward is meant to be a motivating factor. It's not meant to be a deciding factor. And therefore, sometimes it's better not to say what the reward is. 
That's why it can't be used as something to a person to decide, do I want to do this or not? Because the starting point is, not you want to do it, you have to do it. The starting point is the person's bukhir. And Imayla, why are we doing this? Because we have to. As an added benefit, because Baruch gives us reward too. But then we, and that's the way we should present keeping mitzvahs as well. The starting point is, we, this is what we have to do. We have to get up in the morning and watch Nezabasa, we have to daven, we have to say brachas, we have to bench. As an added point, there's reward also. And if you want to encourage our children, we'll give reward. We'll give reward for doing what they have to do. But not that we're going to offer it to them, that if you want the reward, then you're going to do. What's the understanding? If I don't want the reward, I don't have to do. Because then the whole Torah is going to get that, that nature too. But it's optional, dependent if I want to do it or not. That's why Elam Abba's not revealed to us. So we shouldn't think it's optional and it's worth our while. It is worth our while, but it's not optional.